Hi, this is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent for Information Security Media Group in Asia. I'm speaking with Eric Arm, Research Director at Gartner, and we're going to be discussing APT security, APT defense, APT resilience, and how you can future-proof your APT investments in this region. Hi, Eric. Thanks for speaking with me. Hi, Varun. Thanks for having me. Eric, if you can just walk me through APTs and the evolution of the APT threat landscape, how have we gotten where we are, and what does it mean for the security community? Yeah, certainly. So the advanced persistent threat or advanced targeted attacks uh, has many different names, but I think the common theme that we're seeing there on the threat landscape is the sophistication and the evolution of the hacking community to really, in essence, be able to circumvent preventative controls. Uh, things like antivirus, things like firewalls, intrusion prevention systems are still necessary components, but just don't seem to be ad, uh, mounting up an adequate defense to these sort of attacks. Another factor that I think goes into that threat landscape is when we talk about a sophisticated attack, you, you can't have a sophisticated attack without having the finance to support that. Right? That's where nation-state attacks and things of the like are uh, become very intricate because they have the financing to support that. I think why we're seeing so much prevalence, so much acceleration of these sort of attacks is frankly the cost to be able to develop an advanced attack has, has gone down to, say, the consumer-like level, where it's much more economical to create a crafted attack, a custom attack that would adequately circumvent uh, an enterprise's organization. So as the cost to create these sort of things come down, as the ability to be able to automate circumventing things like uh, antivirus total are great tools for security professionals, but also great ways for hackers to see that their tools will circumvent most security controls, has really just driven to, uh, frankly, many organizations being embarrassed that their defenses were not adequate. Would you say it's also a function of how the underground, as criminal underground in cyberspace has developed, that you have uh, things like this available as a service? Yeah. So certainly sometimes we say the underground might be more organized than the security professionals. It's a very collaborative group in terms of information sharing, uh, tool sharing, job specialization. And certainly at the root of all this is, quite frankly, just simple economic gain. Things like credit cards, the value of a credit card has, has certainly gone down to where the only time it makes sense to steal it is in, in mass. And we're also seeing these sort of groups look to what I would say liquid data assets, intellectual properties, source codes, patents, trade secrets, pharmaceutical research are all very high-value targets for these communities. And any size organization they can grab it in is worth their time to go get it. You know, APT defense is being much talked about given the prevalence of APTs in the last couple of years or so. And I think the norm now is to think of defense from the perspective of being hacked. You are going to get compromised at some point or the other. And the question is now about resilience. So what are some of the recommendations you can make to organizations in terms of APT resilience? Like you said, you, know, you have your baseline security technologies like your antivirus, your firewall, etc., etc., what do you need for APT resilience? Yeah. So there, there's certainly a number of different approaches or techniques based off organization size, but I think the essence of any good program is you need to, to, to make that assumption that your security technologies you have today may fail. Uh, you may be breached. Uh, your users can be fished. Uh, the hackers can get in. So the resilience comes in being able to detect that sort of thing, to be able to detect when uh, a breach has occurred and how quickly you can detect that and how quickly you can respond. So, for example, if a hacker was to get into your organization, your team was able to detect that breach and be able to, to mitigate the activity before the hacker was able to steal any data, is there really an event? 
Well, technically there was an event, but I think the real question is, would the media consider that a sensational event? Would that be on the front page? Probably not. So I think that's the goal uh, in when building resilience is developing systems and programs that can find evidence of compromise, even though you missed it during the attack vector. I think the primary goal with APT is, is uh, far more than just causing embarrassment to an organization. right? So uh, with uh, the kind of business risks that an attack like an APT or a sophisticated targeted attack, whatever it's called these days, pose, what are some short-term recommendations that organizations can immediately put to use and some long-term ones in terms of policy, process changes, Yeah, Yeah, I think the, the, the short-term action is you, you, you need to look at your evaluation of your, your technology, your programs, in the like, such that you're equipped to look for indicators of compromise or indicators of breach um, and not rely on the detection of your preventative systems. So typically, technologies like the behavioral analysis, whether you're looking at the behavior of users, applications, networks, or the likes, uh, can really aid many organizations in being able to find evidence that there's suspicion that's worthy of investigation, although there might not have been a trigger event. You, you may not have caught the actual attack, but you can tell that you're breached. I think those sort of things are the type of short-term actions that organizations need to, to look at um, in order to offer a, a defense against the impact to the organization for these sort of compromises. In the longer term, uh, adding more tools, adding more visibility, in other words, finding evidence of these breaches, has an operational impact. It's going to take people to do it. This isn't a plug a tool in and your job is done. So organizations in the long term need to structure their teams to this monitoring and detecting and hunting mentality more so than just a systems operation mentality. That's going to be the long-term challenge for security program owners. Now, APT is such a dynamic space, and we've seen it change so much in the last couple of years, and people are still finding out different things about how these attackers are getting into their networks, compromising. So it's, it's something very new to security and practitioners at large. So when you talk about investments in APT defense or APT prevention kind of technologies, what are some of the investments that are going to go a long way? And what should organizations be looking at? Yeah, I think from a tools standpoint, again, I'll refer back to behavioral analysis systems. And there's quite a, an explosion of technology in that space that can do things like uh, user behavioral analysis, endpoint behavioral analysis, network behavioral analysis, and the like. Uh, can give your teams that indicator to find the unknown unknowns. Right? There was no signature for the attack. You missed the phishing event. However, you've got a really good indicator that a user account's been compromised or that an, a host has been compromised, although you missed the malware event. Those sort of investments will help the organizations be able to have a chance at, at finding those sort of events. Okay. One last question. You know, a lot of emphasis is being placed on awareness you know, educating your uh, personnel, educating your people in the organization. Yes. How much, how effective do you think that would be, given that these sophisticated attacks are so well-crafted? So if I send you a mail that you're expecting with an attachment that you are expecting, you are bound to click on it, no matter the amount of training you've been given. So how much of a role does awareness play? Yeah. And where do you draw the line? I, I think it, it still continues to play a big role. Um, I've had an opportunity to talk to a number of uh, awareness training providers. And uh, depending on the program and the approach, right, if it's a one-time, people do a course, uh, they kind of put it in the background, click, 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 and then, no, you're not going to get any impact. But if there can be a continuous monitoring, if there can be you know, looking for the outliers, looking for the problem users in your organizations, and, and getting that right message to them at the right time, uh, I think it can be effective. 
but it needs to have a continuous loop. It cannot be a one-time, do a program and come back to it in the next 12 months. If you can continuously help to educate your users or understand what's bad or even reward them for identifying suspicious emails and the like and reporting that to the team, then you can create that culture and, and, and effectively uh, make phishing your users a much harder vector for attackers to hit. So add some kind of a positive reinforcement element to the entire web. Yes. Okay. So now, a last question. It occurred to me that, you know, we're talking about DPTs now in the past couple of years and there's so much uh, this is in the spotlight. But obviously, these aren't recent. It's not a recent phenomenon. It's been here for a while. So what's the trajectory that you see uh, DPTs taking now? The next couple of years, what are the big uh, milestones you expect? In terms of the threat landscape, yes. yeah, uh, I, I think what we'll see there, uh, you know, the, the type of tools and the type of methods, although they have new names that have media sensation, really are the same old hacking tricks that uh, we've always seen. Uh, some of my colleagues and I will jokingly say, do you think we'll ever see a hack again that publicly is announced that it wasn't an advanced targeted attack, right? So <laughs> nobody will ever admit that they got hit by a non-advanced attack again. Um, so there's a little bit of play on the, the naming there. But I think as, uh, in seriousness, when as I think the evolution of the threat landscape is uh, the hackers are going to come down market, okay? You know, as, as it becomes more economically feasible for smaller organized groups or more distributed play actors to do these sort of sophisticated attacks, they're going to go where the... the uh, the data gold is. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go attack a very large national bank. I might go to a regional bank. It doesn't mean I'm going to go after Microsoft and their source code. It means I'm going to go look for a second-tier or third-tier development firm. So I think that's the trend, is that you know, if you're housing intellectual property of financial value, you need to start thinking about how the threat landscape is coming down market. Thanks for speaking with me, Eric. My pleasure. Now, Eric Arm, um, this is director for Gartner. For ISMG, this is Varun Haran. Thank you for listening.